Welcome back to the podcast. This is the Judaism from Within podcast, and I'm Simi Lerner. Jumping right back into things, this week we're discussing the idea of transfer of objects and loans and repaying loans and giving something of yours to someone else, lending, and on the face of things, this seems quite bland. But if we dig ever so slightly deeper, Ravhesh takes us to a substrate which is boiling, brimming with depth. Because if we talk about the idea of justice, which is the topic of this category, mishpatim, that we're dealing with, it doesn't really require any metaphysical assumptions to really hit home. That's the nature of justice. I know what it means to act with justice because I know what it means to be another person. When it comes to the transfer of objects, we spoke about respecting persons, respecting property, but when it comes to the transfer of objects, the fascinating part about it is, is that it all stems from a key principle, a first principle that everything blossoms forth from. Let's break it down. If I lend you money, I expect you to pay it back. If I lend you my car, I expect you to give it back. But if you're being lent something from me, you expect it to arrive. All this expect, to focus on the word, when we say expect, it's from the Latin, to look out for. You're waiting for it to arrive. Why are you waiting for it to arrive? Because you're trusting the other person's going to keep their word. When you make a proclamation, you're expected to keep your word. The foundation of commerce is the expectation that people will keep their word. We are looking out for the word to be kept. That is the foundation of all legal parameters in the Torah, the faith to keep your word. And this is where Rav Hirsch takes us on the philosophical level. He takes us to the importance of keeping our word. We are our word. We break our word. We break ourselves. And if I just want to expand it beyond this, because Rav Hirsch talks about the multiple ways that we keep our word. The transfer of objects happens in multiple different dimensions. Besides the on-the-ground expression of this, be it a wage, be it a loan, be it lending an object, being paying back a loan. But there's also mechanisms within the Torah that these things play themselves out, be it chazaka, be it simple kinyan, but these all require the honesty of the word of the one involved with it. Because if they deny what took place, the legal system breaks down. Justice breaks down. So what I want to do is, is I really want to sort of dig into this idea of how when you break your word, it breaks you. When you falsify your word, you falsify your very being. And I realize on some level this is an interesting area to have this discussion about the importance of MS. But for Ruth Hirsch, it's intimately connected to this area of justice. Even the word MS, which we relate to the word emuna, isn't a theoretical construct. It's a practically lived out idea. The same way emuna is not a abstract, I believe in God for the Jews, it's something that's lived out in the world. You keep your faith. You are faithful to the person you speak to. We consider a person who breaks his word as being unfaithful. He is untrustworthy. MS is not abstractions of 
mathematics, it's lived truth in the world. So when we talk about a person keeping his word, we mean something very fundamental because on some level, it's the basis of all relationships, be it financial relationships that we're dealing with in the context of this discussion, but also in intimate relationships. I think the philosophers call it a performative utterance. I, with my language, I create in the world. I perform an act in the world through my language. When I ask someone to marry me and they say, yes, we have created a moral bond. When I ask, I promise I will do something for someone, I've created a moral relationship. So to, to, to sort of package this all together, we're speaking about the transfer of objects. But at the root of this conversation, the transfer of money, the lending, the borrowing, is the, the stability of the word, the stability of a man's ability to keep to his word. And Rav Hirsch takes this in two religious directions. So we, we're talking about the foundational nature of the word and how by breaking your word, it damages you. And intuitively, this makes sense. We have this idea from Chazal that even if a person has committed to buy something, but he isn't legally required to, but he is given his word, we use harsh language to morally compel him to keep to his word. We talk about that the people of Sodom, Gomorrah, the flood, Babel, Egypt, were punished. And the common denominator between these places or these people is that there's an aspect of dishonesty at its core. Dishonesty in its most abstract sense when it comes to the Tower of Babel, where they were almost in opposition to the highest principle, to the stories of Sodom and Gomorrah, where we have stories of unethical and dishonest behavior, the flood, stealing, Egyptians breaking their word. We compel the person from a moral standpoint to encourage him to keep to his word. Rav Hirsch mentions the Agadic principle that when we go to heaven, we are asked many questions. And one of the questions we are asked is, did we keep our word? And just to develop, why is there such an emphasis on this? There's an emphasis on this for multiple reasons. But a person who doesn't keep his word is unfaithful. If a person is unfaithful, he loses his connection to this world as well as his connection to the next. Because faith is our commitment to the word of God to be lived out in this world. That's what it means to keep the faith. And if I can't do that in the terrestrial world, I can't do that in the divine world. I am an unfaithful person if I cannot keep to my word. And that damages not only my relationships in this world, it completely disconnects my relationship to the divine. Thereby, the idea of a holy person who is sometimes dishonest doesn't make sense from a Jewish standpoint, because the whole principle of honesty and the ability to hold to our words and tell the truth is the foundation of our religious identity, but also our interpersonal identity. To, to break it down in perhaps a very grounded, uh, modern way, there was a certain experiment that was done, and I think this really does illustrate how our perception of the world is affected by what we say. Even if we disagree with what we say, it affects our perception of the world. If I speak a certain way, I lie, it affects me. And there's some experiments done in the psychological literature that I think really emphasize this and really brings this point home. So there was a certain experiment, I've forgotten the exact details, but there was a certain experiment that was done where they would bring in students to, in a lab environment to write down their political attitudes. They then had to write an essay countering their attitudes, meaning trying to do their best to argue against what they originally felt. Okay, fair enough. 
They then came back a couple of weeks later and then had to rewrite their political attitudes. They had shifted in a very meaningful way towards the counter essay they had to write. Now, what they wrote, they disagreed with. They knew they disagreed with it. They wrote against their political attitudes. But by writing it, it changed their perception of the world. It changed how they looked at the world. They fundamentally look at the world differently now based off what they thought at the time was a lie. They were doing an experiment. They argued against their position and they were changed through the experience. If we say things, even if we don't think they are true, if we pay lip service to ideologies and perspectives that we don't think are true, it profoundly affects us. And I think this is important in a broader sense. Often I get asked by students uh, who are studying certain topics or certain ideologies, and they have to take exams in these areas. How do they answer? How do they write? How do they respond to questions in an academic environment if they fundamentally disagree with what's being said? But for practical reasons, they have to say certain things. Now, I, I never give, obviously, lines in the sand. Each individual case is going to be different, but a warning is always important to be mentioned, that you are affected by what you say. There is no, I'm doing this and I'm walking away unscathed. Sometimes you have to be scathed. Sometimes you have to say things you disagree with and you suffer the consequences, but being aware of the consequences to a certain extent protects you. It's like getting into a fight. You, you, you always lose even if you win. Part of your soul is damaged because you hurt another person. Ah, but you have to fight sometimes. You have to defend yourself. Yes, but you get affected through the experience. And I think this whole discussion on something, something almost so mundane as lending people money means I'm using my words to create a moral relationship. And if I break that, I break myself. If I lie, I break myself. I damage myself. I become affected by the lies I say because of my perception of the world. On the most spiritual level, I become unfaithful. Thereby, I am not the type of person who is committed to what I say. I am not the type of person who can be committed to living out a certain idea. And that is the foundation of Judaism. Being able to live out an idea. Live out what you think is true. So, thank you all so much for listening. If you think there are people who would enjoy these podcasts, or if you have any questions, please always be in touch. Um, and yeah, have a wonderful week. And as always, thank you so much for taking the time. <laughs>